And blessings of good people, and welcome to Father Share the Podcast on Fatherhood in 20 today. I'm your host, Fleming. And I'm Ms. Vaughn. And today, um, yeah, we have a very extremely, 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 extremely special guest, uh, dear, dear to my heart. Um, my auntie Di, um, yes, who is is uh other figure in my life, um, and who has poured a lot into me, uh, just as a as just a, just as a human being, period. I won't even say like from a particular age range, but just as a human being, period. And I greatly appreciate that. And so she is here joining us today. So thank you for being Woo! here with us today. <laughs> well, I I mean, we just started the podcast, and I'm already gonna gonna cry. <laughs> oh, yeah. So hello from from rainy California. Right. Right. Is it, is it, how's it, is it like torrential downpour? It's never, it's never a torrential downpour. No, but we've had steady rain all day today. So yeah, it's good. We need it. I was about to say, well, steady rain is better than steady fires. So any day, (laughs) any day, anything when Lord knows we've had our fair share of those. So, um, and so today we're going to, this is going to be a little, starts a little bit different. So we are also having, um, our own Miss Vaughn, who is also a mother figure herself, which many of you know, you know, to her uh, cool nephew. World's greatest nephew, son. World's greatest nephew, okay. World's and, greatest and, nephew, son. And dope mentee. So, um, so today's going to be a little bit structured because Miss Vaughn's going to be answering questions as well. She, you know, uh, <laughs> Um, but let me go ahead and get started with you, Auntie Di, if you wouldn't mind telling our readers a little bit about yourself or listeners. I'm sorry. I said readers. You did. (laughs) (sighs) Okay. All right. You telling telling our listeners a little bit about yourself. Oh my gosh. I don't know what to say. Um, I'm a California girl born and raised, come from a family of 10 through, Mm. you know, marriage and divorce. Um, spent most of my career in retail, which is where I met your mother. And mm-hmm. I currently reside in Elk Grove, California, which is just south of Sacramento. Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. So now with that, um, cause I know it's probably a little bit more on, more on that story. So do tell, how did you and moms meet? Well, let's see. I think it was like 1990 or 91. I got a job at Cost Plus World Market and I'd only been there a couple of days. And this gorgeous woman showed up at my door and said, well, hello there. I said, well, hello. Um, And we've been talking ever since. She, She told me later she couldn't figure out what in the world I was doing there. Oh, she said she thought I'd taken a wrong turn and must be in the wrong building. <laughs> that sounds like her. Sounds yeah. like her. Now, at what point would you say that you realized the depth of you all's friendship and that this was going to be something that would span years past past us plus? I don't think you recognize that at the time. I think it evolves over time. 
-hmm. And it becomes one of those relationships. And I think because we were working in close proximity every day, I think she took pity on me for being there and being naive. (laughs) She kind of took me under her wing. (laughs) Um, That, you know, we slowly did a couple lunches. And then I think she had me to her house and cooked jambalaya. I was pretty much sold at that point. Um, (laughs) You know, she could cook for me any day. But I think just over, over time, I realized this is someone that has substance, someone that I just haven't had a natural chemistry with and the friendship evolved from that. Okay. Mm. Love it. Love it. And then in walks this kid to your life now. (laughs) Yeah. Who, as I recall, was about eight years old and rather precocious. That's a very nice way of putting it. That is a very nice way of putting it. But no, that was uh, you know, um, because at the time you had the you had the house on High Street, right? Yeah, and I remember it was uh, a lot of times of just you know, because we stayed in Alameda. I mean, we all we were always right, right. Alameda for something. Nine times out of ten, Mervyn's because that's where she liked to go and shop and get all my clothes from. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Mervyn's even around anymore. I don't no, think so. not for years. Not yeah. for years. Yeah. yeah so, you know. I think I was, first I first met you at Cost Plus. I think she brought you to work one day. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you were in trouble at school, but for some reason you had to come mm. to work with her. <laughs> that may have been the case. Yeah, mm, that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. That may have yeah. been the case, you know. Yeah. It could have been. So, um, so with that, um I want to ask you this question. In 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 that, what what do you think that because I mean obviously, you know, you are you said Joel's friendship grew um and it became just it, it grew and matured into what it is over time. Um actually for both you and Vaughn. What would you say are the three things that people admire most about you? Miss Vaughn, please go first on that one. No, ma'am. Um, just first. <laughs> I would, wait, so, <laughs> so wow. you're saying like individually or individually, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So what what is what it, because obviously there has to be something about you, right? To where, you know. You did you? I've always seen people gravitate toward you, Auntie Die. Like, like I really, I really do. Like, like people, people gravitate toward you. And there's something about your aura and your presence that that I feel like people just connect with and just love. So, and 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 if you were even aware of that, or what those three things might 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 be, or if someone has ever mentioned them to to you before. Wow. Um, I don't know that I've ever thought about them. I think that's a great question. Um, I would like to think uh, that one of the things is that what you see is what you get, mm-hmm. that, that I'm genuine um, mm-hmm. and that I'm real. Uh, and please feel free to contradict me if you say, well, no, that's yeah. not what I say, Andy Dye. <laughs> no, I, I do everything this this wrong. I would think I would hope the other thing that people feel is that I'm compassionate and empathetic Mm -hmm. and that I'm always there to listen and to be there for people if they need just someone to talk to. Um, And I think the third thing is people appreciate my sense of humor. 
not always, <laughs> not always, <laughs> but, um, you know, but that I try to have fun in life. That's why my nickname in my family is the fun aunt. Mm-hmm. I know that's right. See, I always tell right. to say I'm the good time girl. I don't uh-huh. like to do all that whole, like, uh-uh, I'm the good time girl. Like, I am always the TT. Like, yes, we are going to have fun. Um, I, I mean, I'm serious when it comes to being serious. But anytime you come with me, you know, we about to, first of all, we're going to do something. And we're going to have a good time. And usually, sometimes it's what the parents don't necessarily want to do. But <laughs> you on my time and it's my money. So you're not going to tell me what I can't do. So, Miss <laughs> Vaughn, I can totally relate, and I think the important thing there is we make a deal not to tell the parents anyway. Right? <laughs> we do. I say, okay, can you keep a secret? Be like, yeah. so we can't tell. I was like, no, this will be me and your secret. Right? right because if you don't, that's all they need. If you don't keep the secret, you don't get to do this again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they realize they realize that part, and they just be like, "Oh no, I'm not telling nothing. Like nobody's gonna ever find out." <laughs> so we're the good time girls. All right. Yeah. There you go. There you go. So what are your three things for? Um, kind of a as your auntie died, like very. I am compassionate. Um, I try to, um. See things. I like to be that voice of reason, so I can um, I can see almost every argument from both ends. Like I can always, you know, it is. Um, and then I'm I'm fun. Like it's a good old time with me. You gonna laugh? You gonna you know eat something? It's usually gonna involve some type of dessert because dessert is the best. <laughs> I can so I can I can so relate. (laughs) Right. It's just we're gonna have we're gonna have a good time with each other. And you know, usually the kid is either gonna come back high on sugar or somewhere knocked out because they've been deliriously tired. We just uh, it's one extreme or the other. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. So now would you say Miss Fonzie die? Um would you say that you've always had such a caring spirit? Oh, like since day one, as far back as you can remember. Boy, that's another good question. You're going to just get me with these questions, Chris. Um, I'm trying. I'm trying. I think it was always there, but I think over the years it's become more so. You know, mm-hmm. The more that I've had life experience and experience things, the more that I've become more understanding. And maybe as Ms. Vaughn says, look at things from both sides. Of course, I do have an Italian side that tends to want to get even, and I've had to temper that a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, you know, I've had to learn to harness my ego um, sometimes and not be as judgmental, and I continue mm-hmm. to work on those things. Yeah. I, you know, it's funny because I've, uh, you know, my, my, my love for, for, Again, for uh, gangster movies, you know, preferably Italian gangster movies. And I was I remember telling someone, especially when I, you know, ex- you know, adopted, you know, Auntie Di as my aunt. Um, and I found out she was Italian. I was like, yes, it makes sense because I feel like I was Italian in my habit. <laughs> <laughs> so some part of my former life, I was I was Italian. Got it. Yeah, right, yeah. right. So we, we were ga- we were gangster. <laughs> exactly. So we're gonna get along just fine. Um. What else? Um, what inspires you? And that's for both of you. 
Let's go with Miss Vaughn. Okay. Ooh. Um. Right now. Let me let me let me rephrase that. What inspires you to go the distance that you do as an aunt? Yeah, I like that one better. Yeah. Okay, Miss Da. Auntie Da, go. Because <laughs> um, I gotta think about it. <laughs> I think um, a fierce loyalty to family. Yeah. Uh, and mm-hmm. caring, and caring, and wanting them to be safe, wanting them to be healthy wanting them to thrive, I'll mm-hmm. go that extra mile. Yeah. Wanting to help when I can. Yeah. Giving mm-hmm. back. It's about giving back. Right. Um, I will say because I was raised by a village, I under I understand the importance of it. Mm-hmm. And I know some of my, you know, some of my most best memories, you know, although you know we create I created them with my parents. But some of my best, best memories came from my surrogates, came from my village. So because I understood that, I un- I understand the importance of that. And as they say, it takes a village to raise a child like it. That is the truest statement. Right. Ever said, ever read, ever whatever. It is the truest and the strongest statement. Right. I I like what what uh what you had to say, Auntie Di, about the um about you know seeing folks thrive because I, I you know I can't help but remember um when I first moved out <laughs> and I had to go and get I went and got an apartment. It was a studio apartment, um all the way in East Oakland. Uh, off of Fruitvale. And I'm trying to remember, I don't even know if you can't even see it per se, but I needed a co-signer for it because my credit was, I mean, I was young. I was, I was what, 19 maybe? Yeah. 18, 19, you know? Um, but she co-signed for me. Yes, I did. You know? And I don't, you know, like that, that really... And I'm gonna be perfectly honest. There, there are moments where it is that that I will have to struggle because there are so many things that you have definitely helped me out in life to where it's like it's hard to not talk about it, and not tear up. So, pardon me if I get a little choked. Um, but I, I say I say all that to to say that that the reason why I ask the question is because there have been times when you didn't have to and you have, you know. Um, and it's just always appreciated. Every every last thing that has that, that has been done greatly. Appreciated. Well, thank you, sweetie. I think Ms. Ms. Vaughn, I don't know if I can speak for you too, but I think it's important for us to know that we've made a difference in somebody mm-hmm. else's life by mm-hmm. what we've done. You know, mm-hmm. we don't we don't always see it come back. So to hear you acknowledge that and say thank you, mm-hmm. that that means the world to me. Um, mm-hmm. And I was happy to do it because I knew you were a good kid in spite of the teenage years that I lived through with your mother and the late night phone calls and the car accidents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, it, it's about helping someone, you know, get a start. And, right. I, and I wanted to go back on what Ms. Vaughn said about a village. Even more so, it takes a village today. And I was the same way. I had the opportunities to have an extended family. I had aunts and uncles and grandparents and and friends and family that were always there for me. 
I think a lot of kids miss that today and they're so stuck into their iPhones and they're not getting those experiences and they are not getting those contacts that it's even more important today than it's ever been to be part mm-hmm. of that village. Mm-hmm. I fully agree on that. I think, um, you know, I was just telling uh, Vaughn earlier, you know, um, I just got through taking a kiddo to, to a concert um, all the way up in New York. And I hesitated initially. I will be completely honest. I hesitated because for for a moment there, I focused on the price tag of everything, you know, um, and what that was going to, the, the impact that that was going to have. Um, and, and I will honestly say that in the in the course of, of having this podcast and of course doing this with, with Vaughn, um, and then just looking back, like I, I, I couldn't help but hear her in my head and just be like, you know, what you waiting for? Just go do it. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. why, 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 like, what's, what's, what's the big deal? Da, 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 you know, uh, you'll be fine, you know? And, and I'm glad that, that I had that in my head because I went on the head and obviously pushed the button and it honestly led to such a great experience for he and I that will be one that we'll be able to, you know, um, talk about for for years to come. Um, so I think definitely, as as you said, taking that time to pour into, um, to pour into to just family, as you said, you know, and being there and being being there and in, in support of one another. Um, you know, especially when, when it comes to, to kids, uh, it's just also important. So, um, so from my family to yours, shout out to all the all of the the surrogates and whatnot who have poured into their into their uh, to the kids that that you know, as Vaughn likes to say, that they didn't have that they didn't play no part in that nut in being here. So, hey now, hey <laughs> now, but happily accept the joy. I mean, happily accept you know the fruits, the product. Of right. that good old nut. Right. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think too, Chris, you asked me what inspires me. And I've always had this belief that children should be allowed to be children and have joy in their life as for as long as they can and to make memories with them. Because life, at the end of your life, it's all about memories. What memories do you have? Just as you both shared memories of your uncles and the people that have passed in your life and what it meant to you. And we're doing the same for our extended family. We're making memories and hopefully good ones and fun ones. And maybe like Miss Vaughn said, the um, we're going to keep secrets <laughs> and not tell everything. Right. Yeah. The other thing that was important to me was in, in becoming a mother figure, which I didn't ever set out to become a mother figure. I think it's just gravitated towards me over time mm-hmm. is I always felt that children needed a safe place to fall, a safe place to be, you know, cause when you're at home with parents, there's expectations and judgments and criticisms and dynamics mm-hmm. that are different. And so I get the sense this Miss Vaughn creates that same safe place with her family, which is, they can just be who they are and they know they're okay and they know they're safe and they can talk about anything and it won't go any further. Right. You know? mm-hmm. I think that's what it means sometimes to be a, a good auntie. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. At least I think it is. Okay. 
Okay. So now what would you say is your life's motto? Because, I mean, I've, I've heard both of you say, you know, it takes a village. I know we've heard Vaughn say that, you know, uh, you, Auntie Di, definitely equity. But what is your what is your personal life's motto when it comes to um, to dealing with being the aunties that, that, that you are and the, figure, the, the mother figures that, that, that you are? Wow, I don't know that I've ever had a motto, at least not one I could share on a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, hmm, let me think about this. Um, We are in the editing portion, right? Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I would, you know, if I, off the top of my head, Christopher, I'd say my personal motto is be there for the ones that you love, show up and walk your talk. Mm. I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that. You know, have integrity about what you do. If you say you're going to do it, do it. If you're going right. to be there, be there, you know, and show up for the moments that matter. Um, I have family that I never hear from and they say, oh, I love you, but I never hear from them. So mm. the actions don't match the words. Mm. Okay, you can edit that part out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, that's true, though. So, but I mean, but it is true. It is true. There are people, and I understand lives get busy and people move on. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, it's about your your actions and your words need to match. Right. 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 True that. Yeah, I I recently, um, you know, in in the, in a conversation during the trip with the kiddo, um, you know, I was I was very transparent with him as into where we are, where some of my fears lied when it mm-hmm. came in the relationship between he and I, and the fact that I was I was okay with COVID because. COVID came and it put me in a position to really be, um, to, to, to understand what it, what life would be like with him not being around as frequent as I wanted him to be around. Mm, okay. Um, and so it, it, it prepared me. I, I feel, you know, definitely for when that time comes, which is, literally over the horizon right right you can you can see it now right exactly i can see it now when it is that he gets to that point and goes off to school and you know really starts to go out and live his life um that i i me seeing our frequency of seeing one one another is not going to be as frequent as i like however we'll be okay Mm -hmm. you know um and what i explained to him i said you know is that we've gotten to the point now of where we don't necessarily have to like to, to your point, our conversations don't have to be long. They really don't, you know, if it's a check-in, then it's a check-in. You're just simply calling and be like, Hey dad, you know what you was on mine? Just calling and see how you doing. How's your day going? Cool. All right. How's school? Everything's good. Okay, cool. You're doing, keeping with study. Like literally these conversations can be anywhere from five to 10 minutes, you know, but just the fact that you took time out of your day to make the call, Right. Um, right. Is 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 what is felt and what is most important. It's like that night when I called you, you know, like I literally I'm I'm backing out of my out of out of the driveway and something just hit my spirit. It was like, you know what, let me let me call Auntie Dime chat check on her and see how she's doing, you know. And we had and, a, we had a great conversation. 
Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You it know, is, it, it was right on time, you know, you know, you know, I, I guess, and I want to hear Ms. Vaughn's motto. We didn't get her in there, but oh, yeah. I think if, eventually we get, we, right now I'm going ahead now. We, we'll get that eventually. Well, <laughs> I was going to say, if I, if I had to condense the motto that I said early, um, earlier, I would say it's really two words show up. Hmm. Yeah. Show up. Show mm-hmm. up in life. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because you show up, Christopher. You show up. You call me. You make you made a point when you and your son were on your road trip to come by and spend time with me. That's showing up. Yeah. That's saying I love you. That's saying I care about you. So I mean that's what life should be about. If you care about somebody, show up. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. That's and, a real thing. No, and, and it is, and, that's, and that was the whole point of is because what I realized in that in that journey, which ironically is enough, would even spark this that we're on. <laughs> uh, you know that it was important for me to, and and it was interesting because what what he said afterward, um, he's only at that point he had only seen dad operating from Maryland. You know, he hadn't seen everything else that got poured into dad that it took to make dad who dad was in addition to being here in in, in Maryland. And he finally got a chance and an opportunity to see not only just, you know, where it is that I grew up at, but definitely the people who I grew up with um, and who were very instrumental in helping me to develop me. So... Um, so seeing you and coming to spend time with you, that was, that was like the top three, you know, like uh, things to, to, to make sure to do, because again, like, you know, like I said, every, as I said, stated earlier, every bit of the way and where it is that of, of life. And when I think about sometimes some of the, the, the areas where, um, that were like very monumental or, life changing, you know, um you've been there. Period. And yeah. and, and, play, and playing a part in, in in some way, whether it was whether it was verbally, you know, verbally, physically, financially, you know, uh spiritually, it was you were there. Period. You know. Well, and, and I've been there with pleasure. Um you know, sometimes it was more supporting your mom as you were going through things, yeah, you know? Yeah, I can only imagine the conversations you two have had. Oh, yeah. <laughs> many, 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 many. But, you know, yeah. there's a couple of things, Chris. Um, first of all, your relationship with your son will continue to grow and evolve in its own way and mature mm-hmm. over time. Mm-hmm. Just as, Miss Yvonne, you've experienced that with your nieces and nephews as they become mm-hmm. adults. You know, we, we start interacting on a different level. By doing that road trip with him, not only were you bonding with him, you were walking your talk. You were role modeling for him. Son, I'm just mm-hmm. not telling you these people are important. I'm introducing you to them. I am showing you how important they are. Um, and so that really enabled him to put you in a different light through your actions. And mm-hmm. you had a bonding trip, which I think you set out by saying, you know, Everything's safe in the car. You can say anything you want. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's yeah. it. You got it. You got it. So now, Vaughn. Sorry. Life motto. Um, 
I don't necessarily, I don't know if I have a life model. I, I'm very much of trying to really focus on, you know, I tell my nephew all the time is to um, do it scared. Um, that's kind of really been a thing, both him and I, just because, you know, sometimes he'll get to a certain point and it's not the way he envisioned it in his head. And first thing he said, he was like, well, I'm too scared to do it. Well, is it something that you want to do? Because I'm, I'm always very much if, as long as I try it, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Even if I don't necessarily win or whatever, at least I can say I can check that off my list and say I tried. Mm-hmm. So then I always use that as um, kind of like my sounding board in the future. Like, well, remember that time you said you would never do such and such this. Like, I would never forget when I did um, the pageant in undergrad. I said I would never do that. And I end up doing it. And I ended up winning. And it was just like, I just remember all of that. And I was just like, I can't believe I actually did that. I got up in front of these people. I did a speech. I did, like, who in the world? Who do I think I am? But then it was just like, it lets me know that sometimes it's just because it's not the way you picture it, quote unquote, in your head or the way it's supposed to look doesn't mean you're not supposed to do it. Sometimes the biggest thing is I think that someone said or it's just like you have to actually step out on it first and then it'll come to you. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that first step is always the hardest and it's the scariest. So I tell him all the time, it's just like it doesn't matter. Do it scarier. If you it's, it's better to do it. I'd rather to try it and fail than not to try it at all, because that will honestly eat you up more and I, I'm always telling him that I'm like that that's the part that will eat you up more like try it even if you know he's realizing he loves sports that baby is not coordinated at all like he does not have that <laughs> he does not bless with coordination he does not that is not his ministry but he keeps trying you know he did football he does uh basketball he did baseball like who baseball but hey whatever coordination is not your ministry but hey as I tell him and then I'm always telling him he loves to talk about sports and he knows statistics and stuff like that I'm like you can always be a commentator there's always a team behind the team yes the player is like the main focus but it is so many people it's so many things that's around him that's around that player to make that you know that make that player who he is so again it's still not sticking to him. Now he's trying golf. At this point, you know, we just throwing a whole bunch of stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks. Because it's just... <laughs> <laughs> it's golf. So he, he should be all right. You say what? The golf doesn't require as much coordination. He should be all right. Oh, wait. If you golfed, honey, it caught... Yeah, <laughs> I was like, it requires coordination. <laughs> it requires... It, it requires coordination. Yeah, yeah. Let me <laughs> tell you. You know, you got a line... I mean, granted, I have played. I mean, it's been a while since I played, but, you know, yeah. you should tell them to try fencing. There you go. Listen, my sister don't need another. She don't want another nothing at this point. No, she's over no. all of it. Yeah. And she's just like, I'm sick of it. 
I don't want to see it. I don't want to do it. I, she was like, I just want him to pick something and just sit down. That is where she's at. Cause it's, you know, she's just like, pick something, sit down, just pick something and sit down. You know, Miss Vaughn, so, I, th- I think your life motto is, Hey, I'm a coach and I'm going to tell you like it is. I am. And that's what, because every time he tries to do a sport and I always tell him, um, he has this thing. I don't know what it is now with kids in YouTube and they believe that all they have to do is watch YouTube and whatever it is that they see on YouTube, it's automatically going to come to them. Not that they have to work at it. Not that they have to commit to doing anything just because you watch YouTube then automatically you're going to be the next LeBron James. It is, I do not know where this is coming from with this kid. We need a study to figure this out because I'm just like, you don't work. So it was funny because a couple of weeks ago I did, um, I went home and I participated in the 8K. And, you know, I was, he was asking me something about the 8K because he was like, yeah, because you know, I'll dust you. I said, boy, what? Okay, cool. So I went ahead and I paid for him to get in the AK, not for any reason in particular, because I wanted to dust him. Because I don't know who you think you're talking to. Like, you, you have not trained yourself to do nothing. Why you think you're going to sit up here and beat me? But it was just like, even when we did it, and he was like, well, I don't think we should do this. Like, we were getting closer to it. He was like, I don't know if this is going to go. This is not, you know, TZ, my mom, I don't know if this is a good thing. Maybe I should just, you know, wait and chill. I'm like, wait and chill for what? No, you talk, it was Big Tough Tuesday. You know, you you put on your big boy pants. You want to talk crazy to me. Let's go. Uh, so we ended up doing the race and stuff like that and so after it was over he was just like he hugged me so tight and he was like he was like thank you he was like I got a medal he was like and he was like all these people were cheering for me and he was like and I did it he was like I was so scared but I did it but isn't that what life's motto isn't that what life life should be about it's like you're scared do it anyway do it anyway do it anyway yeah i like that because you have it i can see a better story if you at least try it i can see that on a nike shoe do it anyway (laughs) (laughs) pretty much pretty much yeah pretty much yeah fear fear is uh fear is definitely uh can be a killer it was um Again, conversations with with the kiddo. Um, you know, he's he's big into cars, and so he found some website that allowed him to rebuild an engine. You know, it's all of the parts are there for you to work with it, and and he did it right. He did it. Wow. Engine work, in, engine work mm. just, just fine, right? Where he got mad at was the fact that he wanted to make modifications and he got mad because the modifications he was making, the computer wasn't accepting it or it was telling it that he was wrong. And so he was like, you know, he's like, well, well, I'm just mad because I, I, I failed, you know, um, and I was like, but you didn't. He's like, well, yeah, because but I did know that because the, the computer said, you know, and I said, well, but did you? You built the engine, though, right? And he said, "Well, yeah, the way that you were supposed to, right?" He said, "Yeah," and you and you got the credit for that. He said, "Well, yeah." 
then you did it. You were fine. You did it the way you were supposed to. I said, mm-hmm. you came back and you're one to make modifications that the computer isn't built for for accepting. Mm-hmm. You can't get mad at the computer or or look at yourself and feel like you failed because something's not accepting what it is that you want to do. Mm-hmm. Said, you have to still make it a point to go out and do it and try it anyway, maybe in a different environment. Clearly, you you know, I said, so clearly, you know what it is that you want to do this time, mm-hmm. next time, get with someone who's a bit of a professional, maybe someone who's got a shop and it's not on a computer screen. Right. You know? And do it in real life. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, said, I said, do it in real life. And then that way you'll see what it is that you wanted, wanted to do or what it is that you want to do and how to truly execute it and make it work in real, in, in, in real time. Um, and so he just kind of looked and he was just like, hmm, I never thought about it that way. I'm like, yeah, because again, <laughs> to your point, I was like, dude, everything in life is not on this computer screen. Please understand. It, please. It's not. <laughs> it's not. It's so, not. <laughs> so, so, Chris, what other questions do you have on your list? Because I have some for you. Ooh, come on, uh, come on, Auntie Don, go ahead, go ahead with your first question. No, 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 he gets to finish his first. Mm -hmm. So, all right, that's fine, we can do that. So the last one that I had, last one, last question that that, that I'm going to ask, and then we can shift over, see, she, she, you see, she sprung this on me, because she ain't missing this. Absolutely not. I'm going to rock with it. Um, What's the most important thing that you've learned in life? Oh, that I'd like as, to... as a as a mother figure. I'm sorry, as a mother figure, as, a, as an auntie and a mother figure. What's the most important thing you've learned in life? That integrity matters. Mm. Integrity matters. Okay. My mom used to say, "Do as I say, not as I do," and mm-hmm. I don't think that's a good role model. I think that you, it, your integrity matters, and your word matters. Okay. Okay. Vaughn? What's the question again? What is the most important thing that you've learned in life as an auntie slash mother mother figure? Mother figure. Um, (laughs) Honestly, I tell my sister all the time, like, I love you. I never knew what, like, that whole selfless kind of love thing is. Like, I tell her all the time, like, I will... I will cut you for him. Like, I will fight you for him. Like, I will really fight you. We have gotten to arguments and, you know, her first thing she'll try to do is try, when he, especially when he's a baby, is to try to take him away from me. I will cut her. Like, girl, if you don't give me my nephew, if he is mine. You just so happen, he just so happened to come out of you. He belongs to me. He is mine. So I definitely will say just what that selfless kind of look. Like I tell him all the time, as much as I love you, it scares me to even have a kid because how I just feel about you. So I couldn't imagine having a kid and feeling like my sister always said it's like your heart walking around outside of your body. It's just wandering the earth, just outside of you. Yeah. And I'm just like, ah. So yeah, that's... <laughs> no, I, I can relate. I am much more of a 
barracuda when it comes to protecting my nieces and nephews sometimes barracuda. than their own parents and their own parents mm-hmm. have had to say anti-diet it's okay it's okay down girl mm-hmm. down mm-hmm. <laughs> because you know i may be short but i will take you on and so I, baby, will take, I you heard I will tell people nieces. all the time. I will tear them ankles up first, and then I will work my way. Up. Do not play with me. Yeah. I will start at your ankles, and I will work my way up. And Miss Miss, this is a question for you. What can I ask a question here, Chris? What have you found the hardest part of being an aunt is? Um, or a mother figure. The hardest part is just trusting that you're kind of doing a good job or kind of just what you're saying is working like your presence is like needed. Like sometimes it is. And I tell people all the time, it's a thankless job because nobody, you know, you're always the first person who's, you know, they're called to ask for something. You're the first person who, you know, is quick to show up to shell out money and stuff like that. And most of the time, you know, you don't usually get a thank you or you don't even know if what you're doing really matters. It's just, you have to almost kind of trust that like, Hey, I'm doing good. I don't, you know, you, because you don't, us don't get, like you say, mother's day and stuff like that. I don't get gifts on mother's day. Like, or it's, it's like, uh, you know, there's not a um, auntie day or it's not anything that's celebrated like that. So your things come from, you know, kind of like extra hugs or phone calls or it's just like, no, I'm doing this because of you. Like, I, you know, I told my nephew or I told my sister, I'm just like, you realize like it was something. We went home and they just had me running all over the place. And I just had to, I got to a point, I got really, really quiet and I was upset. And, you know, my sister was like, what's wrong? And I was just like, ever since I got off this plane, I've been running back and forth. I've been doing things for you, Chris. I've been doing things for you, Sharice. And I was like, nobody asked me if I was okay or if I needed anything. Mm-hmm. I said, when I, whenever I always come and I told, I even had to tell my parents, it's like, when you guys come to visit me, you guys don't do nothing. I cook. I make sure you're entertained. I make sure you come and it's a vacation. I said, but when I come here, it's like I'm working. And I was like, it's just, it's just seen as, oh, well, she don't have nothing or it's whatever. And it's just like, sometimes you're overlooked. And that is kind of, to me, that's always the hardest part is just to feel like you're being overlooked. What about you? Wow, you hit on so many things, and you couldn't see me raise my hands, but I'm going hallelujah, <laughs> hallelujah. You know, um, I mean, I think you touched on every single one of them. I read a great quote the other day that said, "Expectations are nothing more than uh, premeditated resentments." Mm. And, yeah, this one stuck with me, and what I've had to learn, and you touched on it, Miss um, Vaughn, is letting go of your ego letting go of expectations, letting go of expecting to be thanked and just Mm -hmm. trusting that what you're doing is being appreciated Mm -hmm. because there are no special auntie days, but then someone like Christopher calls me on mother's day and it may, it means the world 
when he says, you know, you're my other mother, you're my, you're my auntie mother. And the other thing is letting go and letting when they grow and they move on with their lives and recognizing that maybe you were only meant to be there for a certain point in time. And then their lives move on and not being resentful that, well, I was there for all the bad times, you know, why can't I be there for the good times, but their Mm -hmm. lives get busy. Mm -hmm. But it's about trusting that for whatever time you were in their life, you made a difference and you did a good thing and being okay with that. Because mm-hmm. when you start looking for thank yous and accolades and acknowledgements, you start building resentment. And mm-hmm. that's, that's a slippery slope. Mm-hmm. So you have to Amen do that. no agenda and no expectations. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's that. hard. That is hard. <laughs> it is. It is. I would, I would think that it's extreme. Cause I mean, it's, it's, uh, I mean, I think p- parenting you know, it is when it, especially when when it comes to to kids in any position of either be aunt, uncles, moms, well, I mean not so much moms, dads. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> be an extremely thankless, uh, thankless job because oh, you yeah. are. I think because there's there's the expectation that we have of our, of, of kids, right? And then there are the expectations that kids have 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 of us as as the adults, you know. Mm-hmm. And when it is that, and I think definitely like, okay, well, hey, to your point, Auntie Di, like, you know, how many times have we failed a kid's expectation? You know, as oh. ridiculous or as crazy as it as it may be, right? And then that's when you get those moments where they may want to lash out and stuff, and it's just like, why are you acting up there? Well, because that time when you were supposed to buy me a chunk of toy. <laughs> 20 years ago right you, you yeah. don't let that dog on top of toy go yeah, right yeah. <laughs> 20 years ago look I, I, even after the playstation really we still were we still tripping off the tongue of toy but <laughs> you know yeah. you brought up a, a good point about parenting and miss Vaughn, i don't know if you've run into this but the other thing i found to be a challenge as an aunt because i am the fun aunt and because I want to spoil them and let them have root beer floats at midnight and let them be on a sugar high and send them home the next day mm-hmm. um, is re is, is sometimes I am reminded of boundaries that I am not their parent yep. and that I have to respect that. And sometimes yep. I kind of get slapped back into my place and to right. be okay with that, because mm-hmm. I think the hardest job in the world is being a parent. Mm-hmm. And my job is to support them. And I can't tell you how many times I've had to bite my tongue and put duct tape over my mouth and not say something mm-hmm. when I disagreed or I knew what they were doing was having the opposite effect. But I've had to remind myself there is a boundary and I'm not the parent as much as it hurts me or sometimes walk away, you know, and just say, you know, not my deal. I, I can't put my, I have a tendency to jump in the middle of things. <laughs> so um, have you found that Miss Vaughn? You're shaking Baby, your head. Oh, yes. I, right. It, it, that is the thing or not on, not also, not only that, but also um, kind of not guilty about like, if something is done, um, and, you know, if they didn't live up to their half of the bargain and it's just like you really want to do it for them. But you understand, like, you know, why the parent is saying no, why they can't do that. Right. And so it's just like understanding, like, but if they just, you know, they really tried and it's just like, no, 
You, no. I can't, you can't. So you gonna have to let it go. So it's been a lot of times where I had to do that. And me and my nephew will have a conversation. I'm like, okay, come on, let's talk. Like yeah. we would definitely go on, we go on walks and we just kind of talk and, you know, he'll kind of explain like, you know, why either he felt some type of way or didn't do something. And then it's just, you know, okay, well, this was the plan of what we were supposed to do, but because you didn't do what you needed to do on this we can't do this. I said, so who's feeling worse? Well, you know, I'm feeling real bad about it. Yeah, because I was looking more forward to this than anything. But I can't go against your mother in this because you was wrong. So it's always, you know, trying to help them kind of understand what it is, but also not feel some type of way because, you know, when you, you also want to do that stuff. You also want to, you know, be that person right. and do that, but it's hard, you know. Actually, sometimes get really kind of, you know, it's been a couple of, you know, our feelings get hurt too. And, you know, we don't like to hear the word no, even if I am the fun and I don't want to hear no. Yeah, but don't I, tell I, me no. <laughs> I bet I I bet that you do what I do is we go away and lick our wounds in private. And oh, absolutely. About it because we don't want them to know that we're hurt because sometimes it feels absolutely. selfish. Like, oh, what about me? What about me? But you just said something that I think as an aunt or a mother figure is a gift to your nephew and I hope to Christopher. And that is the ability to talk and to talk things out and be a sounding board. And because we are not the parent, so there's not that built-in parent dynamic. And we can say, well, look at it from this point of view, or mm -hmm. you know, I'd, I'd love to reward you for this, but I can't mm -hmm. because it can be a learning opportunity. Mm -hmm. what, a, what a gift you give your nephew, Ms. Vaughn, mm -hmm. just, to, just to walk and talk. It's right. it's like the it's like the Native American talking stick, right? Walk and talk, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. And I, I I always think it's important, especially you know, for as an adult, it's important to us for us to see both sides of it or to take another um, look at something. And right. I think even for a child, you know, sometimes you have to break it down and in a different type of way. Like as aunts. They're going to receive certain things better from us. Right. They do. Absolutely. Like it literally, yeah. because we're literally saying the same thing, but because of who we are yep. and, pro and probably the delivery that we have, it's completely different. Are you? So I, I see Chris agreeing with that. Oh, right. Completely. <laughs> yeah, no, completely. Because it's, it's, uh, I, we had a guest on, uh, Rashid, and he said something um, to me. It was so, it made sense. And not that I hadn't thought about it, but just hearing him say it kind of hit that switch. And he was like, you know, he said, in, in my son's eye, he said, I'm always going to be dead. Yeah. Period. You know, and, and I, I had to realize, it's like, damn, like, you know, like, yeah, like, I'm always going to be dead. And it's not like, I definitely... Um, as we've seen some others that don't subscribe to the whole, you know, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to be my child's friend. I've told him many a times, I'm not your friend. I'm your dad, you know. I want your little friend. <laughs> right. right. And I didn't even say little friend. I said, you know, we'll, we we will develop a friendship as mm -hmm. time goes, but yes. you yes. know, but, but but it comes in it comes in in stages. 
so but but I, I wholeheartedly agree with that with that of what what you and Vaughn just shared because the reality is is that's why that's why like you know in the episode for the father figures right like because there were times where I knew I could go to my uncle with something that I knew I couldn't go to mm-hmm. my dad. Mm-hmm. Right. Or your mother. Or your oh, mother. Right. Exactly. Exactly. You forget, I know your mother. And that was so important because, like, like I said, tell me, when it comes to conversation, the, the only thing, the only expectation that you should have com- coming into any conversation is the fact that you're going to be heard. You yeah. Know? You but, you also have, but, you, but you also have to listen, right? Like, like, and that's the, and that's the, that's, that's the thing. And, and to, to that, it's like, you know, for us, I know with the kiddo, like he's, he hears my voice, right? He hears my voice. And, and he even said it, he was like, daddy said, there's sometimes when you get, get started and he's like, I just tune you out. Yeah. That's what kids do. Right. And I, and I, and I was like, and I, and I, and a funny thing was, is and to make me laugh, Auntie Dow, like I, I literally sat back and I laughed for a minute in my head because all I remember is a time when I got, I was living with my father and I got in trouble. I forgot what it was, what it was for. Um, but, this time. Right. <laughs> and so he started off in giving one of his lectures and in my head, I was like, oh, I so don't want to hear this. And so what I did was I, I sat there and started faking like I was dozing off. And <laughs> once he realized it, like, and he got mad because he was like, yeah, yeah, listen to me, boy, just go to sleep. And I was like, I know, just go to sleep. Okay. And I'm walking back to, to, to the room with a big smile on my face, like, whoo, thank you, Lord Jesus. <laughs> that one I can go in here and lay down I don't you know I don't have to go directly to sleep I just gotta go and lay down in bed and just chill out so yeah, yeah. and now your son's pulling the same thing and on you saying, I mean, <laughs> right and so I'm just like okay well payback is a bitch it, it is but yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. What, what goes around comes around hey Miss hello Miss hello. Hello. <laughs> Vaughn I was gonna ask you as a a mother figure in a giving aunt. If you, another thing that I've run into is jealousy. If I am perceived as too much of the fun aunt where I take them out and maybe do more than I should, as far as buying them things or treating them things. Have you ever run into that where you pick up that maybe, because it's hard to stay being the parent and we right. get, we have the freedom of being the fun aunt. I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily know that. I don't, um, I just have my nephew and I know that Mm. for a while up until my nephew, up until I moved, I was basically the other parent. So Uh, me and my mm. sister lived together. So it was a lot of times it was, you know, she would be at work and he would be with me. So most of the time people thought for the longest time he was my child. Right. Like, no, this is my nephew, but he was just always. So I don't necessarily think that I know for my sister, it was just like her thing was like, I got to go to work and somebody got to take care of him. Of course, you know, I'm I'm not going to have nobody else take care of him. So I think I don't necessarily think that it was that way with her. She was just thankful that. I was kind of there because it was just like she would go to work and she would work overnight and she didn't have to worry about him. He would be up like we would either be going to church. I'm dropping him off at school like it was, you know, 
it was it was almost a thing like sometimes my sister will be working so much that between me and my parents you know I'm dropping him off at school like if I had a game that particular night my dad's picking him up from school and he's going to my parents house for a couple of hours and then when I'm getting off you know he's at home with me and that's what we're doing so it was I think for her I think for her sometimes it felt like she wasn't there or she was like an outside party because he was always, you know, he'll get to that point where he'll come, he'll want to come with me. He'll want to be with me and she'll be there and he'll be like, mm, I'm going to go with her. I'm going to go with TT mom. Be like, okay, bye. <laughs> and that was always his thing. Like anytime I walked out the door and he wasn't following behind me, he like, well, what she thinks she's going without me. Yeah, be like, yeah, I don't stay yeah. with this lady. Like, why I gotta stay here with her? I'm like, no, you gotta stay with your mom. I don't wanna stay with her. I'm gonna go with you. Where you go? <laughs> what we about to go do? So I I think it was that one. A different dynamic. Yeah. Well, see, I stopped counting at 15 or 16 nieces and nephews, plus the ones that have adopted me. And so yeah. beca- because I'm one of, of, of 10. Yeah, um, you're one of 10. So yeah, you, you got yeah. a lot. So, got so, lot. Th- so there's some different dynamics in terms of, you know, how they perceive me as, as the fun aunt mm-hmm. um, or being adopted. Can I, can I talk about being adopted as an aunt? Can I tell my story, Christopher, of how you adopted me? But before you before you go there, let me just yeah. say this. I think to to your point, um, my godfather expressed a, expressed a similar situation scenario between him and my dad, and I think more so what it is is the fact that when it comes to some parents, right, depending on how many kids they have, kids are so so used to not that not that I, not that I don't think parents want to do, you know. But I think I think for the most part, you know, in, in having witnessed how it is that you plan things, you know, parents think of like, okay, we, we sit and we think about the things in which it is that we can go, the kids are gonna basically be able to go and enjoy and we and they'll go and do that and it'll take time away from us to where we get to actually breathe. Right, you know, right. <laughs> do that. Um, whereas into with I think for aunts and uncles or you know, in the other surrogate it's a thing of where, hey, you know, you're not with me 24-7, you know. Right. So now, like, you know, so cool. So let's go and do X, Y, and Z. And I remember my godfather saying something along those lines of where um, when I would go to go see my dad, and he would always take me to go back to school shopping before I would leave to come back to California. And so there was one time where he can't like, I mean, he, he spent a good amount of money. I mean, I came back with jerseys and stuff like, you know, certain kicks and everything. And, you know, my father felt some kind of way, you know, and he expressed it to my godfather. Right. In a, in a sense of where it's like, you know, kind of trying to kind of check him on the money that he was spending, you know? And of course I, you know, I forgot exactly the words, but I know they weren't, pleasant words in which it is that he shared back with my father in regards to his, it being his money um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and pretty much just kind of wrote, wrote, wrote it off but I, I definitely could see what is it you're speaking about from that standpoint because I think you know parents parents do I feel like like parents go through go through threatening moments you know so it's like you know like because at the end of the day it's like you know they get frustrated with their kids but they do want to be their, their, their kids everything 
at the same time. So if there's somebody else, whether it's your aunt and I'm in, or aunt or uncle or whoever that comes in, and it's like, okay, well, I don't want you to like them more. I appreciate them for doing mm-hmm. what they do. I like yeah. them more. And that and that becomes the and that, and that's really something for the parent to, to have to deal with, not necessarily mm-hmm. for you um, or any any aunts or uncles or surrogates that, that are listening, you know. But it definitely does become a thing where I think at some point, you know, could, you know, to sit down, and obviously have a conversation with said parent or parents, you know, to get a better understanding. Um, and, and of course, it's just you know how how to effectively communicate with one another as to like, well, hey, you know, like. What is that you want to see have 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 right? Happen, you know, well, so that you're able to still do what you want to do as auntie, right? And parents are still able to do do what they want to do. Well, mm-hmm. and and you know, I totally understand the parents saying, "Hey, I have to be the bad guy, and you get to come in and play the good guy." It's, you know, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and and there's some there can be some ego on on their part as well, mm-hmm. but it's but it's remembering that you know, we're there to support the parents. And if we cross the boundary, you know, that hopefully you can have that dialogue with them. Yeah. Um, and the parent can say, Hey, you know what? You're giving them too much sugar. I'm like, really? There's too much. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so Christopher, when did you start calling me auntie die? Do you remember? Mm, I honestly do not. I feel like I always have, uh, but, um, it, yeah, it probably wasn't too wasn't too long after you started coming around because because it was it was it was just I, I can't remember whether or not if you said it or or if mom said it, you know. But it was definitely just a thing of like you know, oh, well, you know, your auntie died, died to him to tell you hello. Like oh, okay, cool, and it just it just what, yeah, it just, it started. Uh, yeah, I, it, I was trying to think back, and I I I think it was just organic. That yeah, your absolutely. mom had said, "Oh, this is Auntie Di." What What I remember is um, we were in a coffee shop in Oakland, and you were a teenager, and you were much taller than me, which was <laughs> no surprise. But you All had right. dre- you had dreads at the time. At the time, right? So right. we looked like Mutton Jeff, right? And we were ordering <laughs> coffee <laughs> in more ways than one. And you know the 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 gal. Um, you turned to me and you said, Auntie Di, what do you want? And the girl looked at the, the server, looked at me and looked at you like, what? Auntie Di? And I looked at her and I said, oh, I'm adopted. Yeah, I and remember. That. Remember that? And yes. I don't, she, she was expecting me to say you were adopted. But right. the reality was you adopted me as your aunt, yeah. which I've been honored by ever since. But I think it was so foreign, it would, you know, that she was like, wait you're adopted i go yeah i'm adopted and she didn't know what to do with that it was funny well it was it was funny it was interesting is is because um i I had this conversation off on on the tail end of 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 the road trip and i was telling someone i said you know i said i actually no i'm sorry it's when I was talking to when I stopped to see uh, Ben Wood, Ben and Joanne Wood, uh, my my my, co- my old basketball coach from St. Leo's, and um, you know we were having this conversation about um, you know the diversity of St. Leo's and just Piedmont area period and mm-hmm. all the kids that went to St. Leo's and things of that nature. And it was one of those things of where, where not that I didn't 
not that I didn't know color lines existed, but it wasn't a focal point. Mm-hmm. Anything in any of mm-hmm. the anything or any of the areas that I was in or any of the people that, that, that I grew up with. So for me, it was just like, like if someone had a given an odd look, I mean, I, my question, what are you looking odd for? Like, I mean, there was so much diversity. We didn't even think about it unless exactly. somebody called it out. And then you went, what say what? Right. No, I, I didn't notice that. Right. right. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, it's, this that is, that is, um, yeah, that, that, that is always, that is a title that you have with me. You will always have until, until. Uh, I, thank I, you, I, sweetie. Well, um, it reminded me of what Miss Vaughn said on your latest podcast about mm-hmm. there's the family that you're born with. And then there's the family that you create. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you've created me as part of your family. And I've been grateful because I've gotten to know you. And now you're, there's a legacy there. Yeah. And being an auntie without children of myself is my brother said, you know, yeah, my, uh, my branch of the tree is pretty empty and I'm cutting myself off. So, um, so I have a legacy through you and Christopher, you know, as, as my extended family, which, you know, I don't have children of my own and thank God, because I probably would have really screwed them up. Um, (laughs) I'm a much better auntie, I think. (laughs) No, no, I'm not even going to let you know. We're not even going to let you say that. No, no. You would literally, you'll be the fun parent. How about that? You know, I I would, I probably would have been the neurotic one screaming, don't go near the ledge. (laughs) He's like, where did you come from? Like, But I I love that family is is who you create. I reconnected with a family in Southern California, some cousins, and we did a lot of Zoom calls through COVID. We hadn't seen each other for 20 years, you know, but we'd grown up together. And they have three beautiful children uh, in their 20s. And after a couple of Zoom calls, the, the girls texted me and said, can we adopt you as our auntie die. And every time someone says that I'm honored. And I, right. I think it's because yeah. I was, I was sort of breaking the mold and saying things on the zoom call that nobody else was saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're like, Oh, we like her. Right. <laughs> she's, out, she's outside of the box. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. And yeah. I think it comes with that is because at the, when you're an aunt or something, when you're a surrogate, you really, you don't pick the kids. The kids pick the you. Kids, oh my God. And because they true. pick you, it, you know, it, it does something to you. Like, you know, I do, I'm interacting with a bunch of kids and stuff like that. And it's always so funny when they see me and it's like their eyes light up and they run directly to me and they just talking to me like, you know, it's never been, they were like, where have you been? Like my, um, my one friend who's overseas right now, her sons are definitely, um, they're my buddies, like absolutely love them. And so this it's never, it's always like Miss Bond because they can't say Bond. So it's Miss Bond. Miss Bond's coming to my birthday party. Miss Bond called me. Miss Bond sent this. Miss Bond. So it's always, especially at that point, it's just like they pick you. Like some, like at that point, it's a, it's a, it's a different type of thing when you're get picked and not because, you know, I've been with you since, you know, you was in your mama's stomach and stuff like that. But it's just like, when they be like, no, I pick you. 
And oh that God. is, that's the thing. That, it gets that is a, I'm so <laughs> glad you brought that up because it is a huge thing. I mean, I walk a little taller and a little prouder when I've been picked, you know, by the kids who want to adopt mm. me as Auntie Die. Because sometimes in my own family, it's like, oh, that's good old Auntie Die. You know, I'm like a pair of shoes in the closet, right? It's like we always know Auntie <laughs> Die. Yeah, the old faith, get Auntie Die. She'll do that, right? <laughs> right and right. sometimes you your ego kind of gets tweaked because you feel like you get taken advantage of or you mm-hmm. you get ignored. Mm-hmm. But when somebody picks you, like when mm-hmm. when um, when the two gals, um, Megan and Sienna, wanted to um, adopt me, and I feel mm-hmm. that they treat me differently because mm-hmm. they treat me as special because they uh, they picked me. Mm-hmm. You know, I just didn't come in the family package. I'm just one of many in the family package. Mm-hmm. And right. so, and Christopher always makes me feel special. He always has, you know, from the time that, you know, I've become his auntie die, which was, you know, who knows when, right. years ago, <laughs> but it is. And so I think you're absolutely right, Miss Vaughn, when they pick you, it makes us feel special mm-hmm. in the way that it makes them feel special. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, Chris? We make you feel absolutely. you have an auntie die? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> you know. Well, we're near the end of our session for this. Um, wow, this has been so fun. And they, Thank and they, you. They, Thank you. Know, you. So I kind of want to end this. Oh, so. you want to end this? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I'm gonna, okay, well, I'm, you got it. Okay, so um, Auntie Di, thank you so much for, you know, agreeing to, first of all, not only be on, but also um, in requesting the format of this interview the way you did. So as reluctant as I was, and as much as I told Fleming, I don't think she, that's what she meant. That's not, he was like, yes, she did. She told yes, me this is, what she, this is what she wants. I was like, but that doesn't, so... I just really want to say thank you just for really, really wanting to um, be on here. But so we usually do our final thoughts um, for the um, anytime we end the podcast, but I would like to do it a little bit different. So um, I'm getting back in my host spot. So this is towards you and to Fleming. Um, What has... um, you kind of already touched on this a little bit, but Auntie Di, could you tell Fleming? Oh, what? You just want me to cry on the podcast? No, that's not my point, but it's, it's something that we were, we were having a conversation earlier and I was just like, absolutely not. So I would just like for you and then Fleming, you have, I have a follow-up question and then that's how we're going to end this. So Auntie Di? You want me to say what Christopher means to me? You can just do it. You can do it very general. It doesn't have to be anything specific. You can just, what does he mean to you? He means a light in my heart every time I talk to him. Oh, okay. So Fleming, um, what has Auntie Di taught you? Hmm. What would you like her to know that Auntie Di, Auntie Di, thank you for teaching me or showing me this. How to show up. 
you did yeah. that on your own, sweetie. You you learned that you you had good people in your life who taught you that. Yeah, but you were you were one of the biggest. Well, thank you, sweetie. She just wants to see us cry. No, <laughs> no, that was not. No, yeah. I, I very much believe in, especially being surrogates and you know being a surrogate and just having people like in doing this platform invite people into our lives who really truly affected how we become the people who we are today so in you know because we have this opportunity to do that you know I want you to get your flowers while you can smell them, while you can see them, while I can verbally tell them, and I know that you're receiving it and you can get it all. I don't necessarily want you to get your flowers when they're on my grave side. I want you to. I want you to get it now. You still know what I look like. You can still say my name correctly, and I'm not. Hey, you know who I'm talking to. Like I. I want you to get so that is that was really <laughs> that's really my point in that. So all right. Well I wanna I wanna add to what I said is that you know in life at, at the end of our days we all want to know that we've made a difference. And mm-hmm. having Christopher in my life has validated my life and let me know that I made a difference. Huge one. Big, 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 very large difference. Um, yeah, there are. Um, yeah, yeah, huge difference. Huge and having difference. you yeah. on, Miss Vaughn, just reminds people that we have more similarities than we have differences. And when I found out that you were an aunt, I said, we have to have some common similarities, you know? And when you started about sending home on a sugar high, I went, she's my gal. (laughs) Absolutely. Especially when that parent pissed me off, I'm going to send you back. Your kid going to be we get the best. We get the, but we get the best of all worlds because we, we do. Can spoil them and then we send them back. Send them home. Right. Like, oh, your child home. is waiting on the doorstep for you. They are waiting on the doorstep. Thank you for listening to this week's show. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Father Should Pod. You can also visit our website at www.fathershould.org. 